You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of the Samba, the Rumba, and the Cha-Cha. 24 partners, 6 finals, and 2 Mirabal trophies. She knows all the secrets, the behind-the-scenes arguments, and the affairs, the flings, the flirting, and the fighting. Listen to Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey friends, it's me, Megan Devine, host of Hereafter with Megan Devine. Season two is coming up soon. It'll be here before you know it. But in the meantime, while you're waiting, I wanted to introduce you to a couple of shows I think you're going to like. You might even get some new favorite podcasts out of it. So give these episodes a listen and stay tuned for the announcement of the launch of season two coming soon. See you soon, friends. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. So I'm sitting here with Kimberly from Little Big Town, and she's joining me for all four things. We're going to talk grief, wellness, comfort food, and gratitude. And, you know, starting off with grief might seem somber, but, you know, Kimberly, you're someone that understands grief from the sudden loss of your first husband and fertility struggles. You know firsthand what it's like to go through hard things and emerge stronger so that the pain wasn't in vain. So I know a lot of my listeners are grieving for various reasons, especially this last year. And Kimberly, I thought by you sharing some of your story, you'll offer comfort and hope to those that aren't sure how they'll ever make it to the other side. Okay. I was married before to a man named Steve. I married two Steves in my life, both from Ohio. (laughs) So weird. Both from just a few miles of each other. But my first Steve, I met in college and we were, I was married really young. I was only 21 when I got married. We had a great marriage. I was just completely and utterly in love. We moved to Nashville about seven years into our marriage and we lived here. I was breaking into the music business. We started Little Big Town, Karen and I did, and that was all going great. We we hadn't, Boondocks had not come out yet, but we were working super duper hard. And then I lost 
Steve suddenly. We were on a radio tour. We were at the Indianapolis radio station singing a couple of songs, trying to get people to start playing boondocks. And I hadn't heard from Steve in about 24 hours, which was really weird because we normally talked on the phone a whole lot, especially when I was out of town. So while we were at the radio station, um, some buddies of his went to our house to check and see if he was okay because I hadn't heard from him and I was really, really worried. And he wasn't. And I got the call back at the radio station. Karen was with me. We were both in the bathroom. I was already worried sick. I already knew something was not right. He had passed away in our home. The word shock is not enough of a word. You know, it's not a strong enough word to explain that horror that I heard on the phone when someone told me he was gone. Karen was with me in the bathroom. She called out for Jimmy, who was right next door, and he came in. And I can feel like my heart is racing right now, just feeling the horror of that news and then looking at them saying, no, 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 just complete denial. No, no, this is not true. This is not true. Well, it was true. And we all got in a van. At this time, we were still driving ourselves around in a van. We got in a van and drove ourselves back home. We had been married for 14 years, and it was something I I never expected to be a widow in my I was in my early 30s at the time. I never thought about that life. When you make a plan for the future, I had a lot of plans, but I never, you know, even entertained that thought. But he he passed away, and we had, you know, you go through the regular services for the, the funeral, and then we buried him in Georgia, where I'm from, um, right next to my grandparents, because I, I wanted him to always be near me. And then I was like, okay, now what? Now what do I do? I decided to come back home here in Nashville with my dog. It was just me and my dog. And we drove back home and I walked in the door of my house here. And it was almost a magical haven for me at the time. I was comforted there. I had great memories there. I felt loved and warm. And, and then I began the journey of what it means to grieve. Uh, in those first few days, grief is so harsh and strong and loud and there's everybody around you trying to help and it's it's wonderful having all the people around you but then when you begin to grieve the next week and the next week and the next week everybody else's lives start to go on but your world has literally come to a screeching halt and so of course I still had people checking on me my parents my my parents checked on me all the time my sister my brother my bandmates they literally physically carried me some days. We decided to go back out on the road probably two or three weeks after Steve died to keep promoting boondocks. And they they left that up to me. You know, they said, we can go or we can not go. And I, I felt like Steve would wanted me to do that. And I felt like I needed to try to put one foot in front of the other. And I felt responsibility to them, to my bandmates who, you know, this is also their career. And so we set out to get back on the road. And and we did. And grief is so uh, unpredictable, especially once you get into the months after your loved one's death, like two and three and four months and then six months. And all the firsts in my experience and uh, most people that I talk to, the firsts are horrific. Every first, every first birthday, your birthday without them, their birthday without them, um, Easter, Christmas, July 4th, St. Patrick's Day, every first is so very, very hard. 
But once you get through those firsts, something gets lighter. Your your grief lightens up a little bit and where it's never, ever, ever easy. I think about Steve almost almost every day. But, you know, I've healed from my grief and I have been so restored and God has given me, oh my goodness, he has just restored me in so many ways. He's given me babies and a husband who takes care of me and loves me so, so, so good. And I've, I've come through my grief. And like you said earlier, I don't know if we just, this is when we were talking or if you said this on the podcast, but it becomes who you are. And it's okay now. It's okay because I can take what I walked through and hopefully help other people walk through the same thing. Different circumstances, but the same grief. When you lose someone that you desperately love, the grief is, that's, that's the commonality. You've, you've lost part of yourself. Part of myself actually died with him, you know, because I, it'll be something I never get back, my, my relationship with him. But I'm here to say, you will make it. It's hard. There are days when you think there's no way I'm going to get through this day. You will. You will. And there are people around you to help you. And then when you get on the other side of the excruciating grief, you're going to help some other people. Right. Because you don't want it to be lost. No. Or, uh, of course, we don't want certain things to happen to us so that we then can be there for others. But if it happened to you and then you made it through, that is where you can show up for somebody else or you don't want it to be wasted Yeah, in a way. And then, yeah, you have these other blessings that have shown up in your life. And had you been stuck in the grief, you may not have been open to the next Steve. That's exactly right. And also when you're able to help someone through, through grief, that gives purpose. That gives purpose in my other Steve's death. You know, there are good things that have come out of my grief for that loss. And and that gives purpose to that loss. And you mentioned Karen being in the bathroom with you and then Jimmy coming right in. And I think family doesn't have to be your biological family, you are blessed to have both. But some people are like, well, I don't really have people I can lean on family-wise or whatnot. But look around, who's in your life? Who can you be there for and who can be there for you and try to cultivate those relationships and connect with people and create that? And yeah, you're double blessed because you have your family, but then you have your little big town family too. And I think that that's a super special relationship. And y'all are genuine. Y'all are the real deal. We have some groups or bands or people that come in on the Bobby Bone Show from time to time and we're like, no way they get along. (laughs) You know, that whole thing was just... uh, there's no way they're all friends, but you guys, y'all are, y'all are family. We, we are, yes, we are friends, but we are family. Most definitely. I couldn't have gotten through that grief without Karen and Jimmy and Philip. There's no way they literally walked me along and, and babied me. And you know, I could not have done it without them. I'm so grateful. And it also made us stronger. It caused us to become a family. Well, and then, you know, you met Steve, number two. Do people ever think, because if you're married to Steve and then they knew you were married to Steve back then, that this is the same Steve? <laughs> I'm sure they do, but I don't call him Steve. Oh, what do you call um, him? I call him Schlapp, because our last name is Schlappman. Yes, okay. So he is Schlapp. He's Schlapp to me. He's Schlapp to my family. He's Schlapp to my friends. Yeah, it would get a little bit weird. I, I, it's funny, I was going to a grief counselor after Steve died, and I went for a long time, and when I started dating 
Schlapp. And I told her his name was Steve. And she's like, oh, well, you'll, you know, you'll never have to worry about calling him the wrong name. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's not like you fell out of love and then had to find new love. So it's like, you're still madly in love with your Steve. Yes. And so, yeah, I could see where yeah, you might call him Steve if his name was Tom because Steve's yeah. your... That's right. You're, he, you're, it's not something that you... This is not what you asked for. That's right. But I'm sure, obviously, Schlapp seems <laughs> amazing and has been very probably another part of helping you with oh. the grief because there's no way that's easy, even entering another relationship and being the person that's like, oh gosh, she's still in love with somebody else too. Yeah. I know that must've been weird for him, but well, first of all, we were already friends. He was on a tour that Little Big Town did way back in the beginning of Little Big Town. We did a mall tour where we, we signed up people to vote. It was called Love Your Country Vote. And he was our stage manager. So we were already friends. And so he kept calling me like so many of my friends did after Steve died, just checking on me. But then Schlapp never quit calling me. (laughs) He just kept on and on. And we eventually fell in love. But I know you're right. He must have been like, ooh, she's still in love with this other man. But, But maybe we're falling in love. But what I loved about our fallen in love is that he allowed me to talk about my other Steve and he wasn't threatened or anything by the relationship that we had. And he always told me, please always talk about Steve. Anything you want to say about Steve, please always feel comfortable. And I love that about him. Also, I have to tell you, I think my Steve in heaven sent Schlapp to me and I think he sent Daisy to me as a wedding gift because Schlapp and I got pregnant on our honeymoon with Daisy. And before I had been trying for almost the whole 14 years I was married to Steve Rhodes to have a baby and it wasn't working out. And I think he got up there with God and he said, this woman wants a baby. Please let this be my wedding gift to her and give her a baby. Mm. And by George, we got pregnant on the honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) Right away. There you go. Well, and I mean, that's another stage of grief in your life is Mm. trying to get pregnant for so long. Mm. And I know what that's like buying pregnancy test after Mm. pregnancy test and then it constantly being negative. And I know several of my listeners have gone through fertility struggles. So what encouragement would you have for anyone listening that might be going through that? That's such a specific grief also. And often we, we have to grieve that in private. Whereas when you lose someone, people are at your doorstep you know, how can I help? How can I help? But when we grieve, whether it's a pregnancy that never happened, that we kept buying pregnancy tests for, I mean, how many did we buy? (laughs) And then, or whether it's a miscarriage or whatever it is, I feel like that grief is a little bit different because often it's sometimes even there's a little bit of shame in it. Why can't I get pregnant? Mm -hmm. Why can they get pregnant and I can't? Why, Why can I not carry a baby? Or, you know, so not only is it, a loss, it's also can be embarrassing and in secret. And that I want isolating, isolating. Yeah. And I want people to know there's people all around you who have been through miscarriage or infertility. It's everywhere right now. Don't hesitate to reach out and say, me too. It's happening to me too. Or there are people all around you who will love you. You just have to speak up. And y'all had Daisy, but then how many years later you adopted Dolly? Yeah, nine years. So you got the the wedding gift from Steve number gift. one, which was Daisy. But so in the, the nine years, were y'all trying to get pregnant again? Yes. Okay. And then you got the adoption call. You decided to do adoption. Yes. What about fertility treatments? Did you take that route? Yes, we did. Okay. So when Daisy was two, we started trying again. 
and I soon after that had a miscarriage, my first miscarriage. And then we started to dabble in fertility where, you know, you can take some some drugs to help you. Clomid? Clomid? I took Clomid. You did? Yes. yes. It makes your eggs more attractive. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't know how to say that. How do you I say know. that? I had to figure out an easy way to say it because I talked about it on the Bobby Bone Show because the Clomid literally made me psychotic. Oh, I had to quit taking it. It's rough. It was bad. I was so emotional. I showed up to work one day and Bobby and Lunchbox made fun of my sweater. I, it wasn't even that bad. They would, did a whole bit on air about my sweater and I looked like dumb and dumber. Like stuff that looking back on was just silly and ridiculous. Yeah. But I cried and was basically threatening to quit. Like I hate <laughs> this job. I can't even come. I mean, it was floodgate tears. I was super, like I almost quit my job over a sweater. <laughs> I mean, so I wasn't rational. Yeah. But yeah, totally. Clomid. So Clomid. you did Clomid and lots of other things, which thank you for sharing too about the, I don't want to gloss over about the miscarriage part two and you being willing to share your story because that will allow somebody else hearing it too now to be like, you know what? There is no shame. There yeah. is nothing wrong with you right. or your husband for that matter. Right. Men feel a lot of shame too. Oh yeah. From it. And it's just not the case. Well, I didn't tell my story for a long time, but then I decided, especially when I wrote the book about that I just released last Christmas about adopting Dolly, I thought that it was important to share the story of infertility, which was a seven-year battle. I mean, we tried literally for seven years to have a baby, and I just decided, you know what? If I can share that and, and help one woman not lose hope, then that'll be worth it. And so that's when I decided to start talking about it. Yeah, we did all the infertility treatments you can do, all of them, and lost those also. But then we always wanted to adopt. We always wanted to. And then the first time we lost one and I thought, you know what, we're going to do it again. We're going to try again. The second one, I was like, I, I, my heart, I, I don't know if I can do that again. So we thought, well, maybe it's time for adoption. And maybe this is the time. And so that's when we started that process. And then you wrote a dolly for Christmas because you literally got dolly for Christmas. For Christmas, yes. <laughs> we so, did. Which yeah. is such a good book. I, I read it to my son after you sent me a copy. And it was it's so great. I encourage you, even though it's a Christmas story, you can read it any time of the year. And I think whether your kid's adopted or not, it's such a a very simple way to even explain adoption yeah. and bring it up with your children yeah. because whether they're adopted or not, they may have friends that end up adopted yeah. and just helping them understand full picture, like how this whole thing works. Yeah. And it's a great conversation starter. It, so I appreciated it oh, a lot. Thank you. Also, you know, Daisy, I think it's a story also about just don't give up. Yes. Do not give up. Little Daisy prayed for five years for a baby. Every day she prayed and believed. That's another thing. You got a dream. Believe in it. Believe it can happen. Don't give up. And Daisy did that. Daisy did That it. is another good part of the book that, yes, is applicable no matter what time of year. Yeah. And even if you're an adult, like we need to have that childlike vision. Yeah, and belief. And the thing is, we don't know where that miracle's coming from or when it's coming. Just don't give up the hope that it is coming. In some way, there's going to be a miracle out there for you, some way, somehow. Which is another, just to bring the family element back into this piece of, like, 
family comes in all different ways. Mm. It may not come the way you and I thought. Yep. I mean, you got Daisy, but I always thought I was going to get pregnant yeah. and I wanted four kids. I mean, my sister has four kids, four pregnancies. Mine too. And so I thought, well, pff, I mean, this is going to be easy. No problem. <laughs> I'm going to have a whole basketball team. It's great. And it, it never was happening for me. And family looks very different now than I ever thought it would. But that's okay. The grief I went through and all those hard moments trying to get pregnant and thinking maybe I was pregnant and then having your friend call right after you get a negative that, oh, I'm pregnant again. And you're like, okay, I'll be there. (laughs) When's the shower? You know? (laughs) I totally know, Amy. And so all those moments, once you can, of course, None of us have a 30,000 view. What do they call that? The 30,000 uh, 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 view. Mile high, uh, <laughs> the view. There it is. Bird's eye view. <laughs> Bird's eye view. None of us have like, oh, from 30,000 feet. It's right. really easy to like give someone advice, you yes. know, about their life or see what's going on. And I feel like sometimes we need to do that with ourselves. It's like back up and be like, oh, okay, I was praying for a baby for so long or to get pregnant. And I was getting angry with God even. Mm-hmm. But had he answered my prayer then now I wouldn't have Stevenson and Stashira. Yes. Once I got pregnant, my plan was to leave the show right away. And not that that takes precedence over anything like career-wise, but still part of your big picture. Absolutely. Of like where God wanted you when and what you the journey you were supposed to be on. And it's like, okay, well, now I know that, yeah, I went through that, but I'm going to appreciate that grief to celebrate. That's right the joy that I now have. That's right. I think that's so important because when you're in the middle of the grief, no matter what it is, if it's loss of a loved one, loss of pregnancy, loss of a dream, you have to remember there's a reason and you're going to see someday you're going to go, oh, that's why that happened. Mm -hmm. You have to believe that will happen. And it's super duper hard being right in the middle of it. It's so hard. Yeah. We're not like saying this is easy by any means, but it's just encouragement to that once you do get on the other side of it, you can breathe if you're willing though. And that's, that's the Mm. encouragement is sometimes we get stuck and it's like, we got to keep going. What, what keeps you going? Is it other dreams that you have? Is it people that come into your life? Like Mm. slap? Is it friends that are like family? What is it that's going to help you? You know, Faith-wise, uh, what can you rely on? Mind, body, and spirit, what are you doing for yourself? Which that's what I want to get into next with you okay. is more of your wellness. Like what, what does that mean to you, big picture? And what do you do for yourself specifically when it comes to those things? Mind, body, spirit. We'll do that next. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all, and for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisper on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Second thing. Okay, so Kimberly is consistently the sweetest person in the world. <laughs> like, no matter where I've seen her, whether it's in the parking lot somewhere, <laughs> at our lash place, we go get our <laughs> lashes done at the same place, or at work, like I see you at different functions or in the studio or yeah. wherever, and consistently always super sweet. But this is you. You're a, what are you on the Enneagram, by the way? I, w- I wondered if we were going to talk about that. I'm a nine. You're a nine? Okay. I hate conflict and I just want people to be happy with me and their every, whatever's going on. <laughs> yeah. What are you? Well, I don't really know for sure. I've I just taken found test. out. I'm tested as a four, but then also been verbally tested and they said I was a three. Okay. But I don't really know. I don't, I don't know enough about it, but I am beginning to learn about it and, mm-hmm. and it is helping me figure out myself. Yeah. I think that's motiv- the purpose. Yeah. Like is, yeah. What motivates you to do X, Y, Z? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're all can do certain things, but we might be doing it for different reasons. Totally. And it's so interesting and so why are you so nice all the time <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> I just want you to like me <laughs> okay well, that's, no. that's a good reason no yeah. really I don't know I mean I, 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 I'm just that wasn't a real you don't have to answer that question I'm just I think it's awesome that you have that sweet spirit not everybody has it I don't have it and not to say that at home you probably don't have different personalities that come out or yeah. Yeah. I just want you to record when you're mad <laughs> and post it somewhere <laughs> That's hilarious. I can get mad. I can get mad sometimes. But I don't know. I I feel like my parents have a lot to do, had and have a lot to do with my outlook, you know, and they raised me 
I, my parents were amazing. We grew up in this little tiny town. My parents were, my mom was a school teacher. My daddy was a telephone company worker. And they worked so hard and they loved us so good. And we had very, very strong faith. And they taught me to never judge someone else by how they might be acting because you don't know what they're going through. And just to try to spread sunshine and joy and lift people up and that 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 makes the world a better place and I love that I love that reminder too of the grace we should have on ourselves and for other people whether it's a friend or the person checking us out at the grocery store that might be being rude or whatnot it's like okay no big deal like I have no idea what they're going through right now right or maybe even that celebrity that, that, you know, we get celebrity phone calls on the mm-hmm. Bobby Bone Show sometimes of like, what's a celebrity you met out in public that was a total jerk kind of thing. <laughs> Trust me, y'all are not it. Little Big Town's okay, always <laughs> nice. Always. But it's like, you know, they may have been having a bad day yeah. it's, and it's just such a bummer that they're a public figure, right? right. So then it's a hundred times worse than the grocery store clerk that nobody's probably going to really think twice if they're in a bad day. But it's just having that grace and compassion for other people that might be going through stuff. I I feel like I'm mentioning this book so much lately, but, and we're going to, I want to get into mind, body, spirit, like what wellness is for you in just a second, but maybe you should talk to someone. Have you read that? Yeah, and maybe I should. (laughs) No, No, I haven't read it, but I heard It's such a good book, but it's, I'm going to be interviewing the author soon and Lori Gottlieb, and I'm super pumped about that. But she's a therapist that also is in therapy and she kind of goes back and forth with that, but she tells different stories from her clients and some of them, one in particular, I don't like at all in the beginning. Mm. And then once you hear some of his therapy sessions and you really get to the root of why he's kind of a jerk. It's like, oh my gosh, well, no wonder he's hurting. Yeah. And so it's like for everything, even in therapy, I've been doing to be a better mom and be a better wife and be a better person. It's like, okay, don't focus on the behavior. Focus on the emotion that's causing it. The hurt. Because it's easy to have your day. It's easy when somebody's rude, kind of like could ruin your whole day. But if you can make yourself, and it's not always easy, but if you can make yourself go, hmm, aw, I wonder what, what happened to them that made them act that way today and maybe whisper a little prayer and maybe then you're uplifted and they are too, hopefully. Yeah. And then like you, your goal is like you see people is like, what's, is this a moment that I can be joy in their life? So you're intentional about that, which I'm glad you shared that about your parents too. They raised you that way. I don't think probably you wake up every day and you're like, oh, okay, blah, blah, you know, but, but it seems it's important to you. It is. So you're intentional about yeah. that. But also I do, you probably just have sweeter blood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So I love the reminder. Yeah. I love that your parents were like that. I love the reminder to have grace and compassion for people and then to spread joy to them and maybe say a little prayer. Okay. So what do you do for yourself mentally, physically, spiritually to keep yourself on that track? Well, I'll I'll just start since you said mentally first, I'll start there. I'm going to be honest. I'm not as gracious to myself as I am to other people. And I'm working on that. I have a little bit of an inner critic who can be kind of ugly sometimes. And I'm working on stopping that inside myself. I don't, I'm not sure where that comes from. Maybe a lot of people have that. But, you know, I, I can have 
ugly little sentences come in my head about myself, not about anyone else, but it's just judgment upon myself. If I feel like I failed at something or I did something wrong, even in the tiniest little things. Uh, this morning, uh, <laughs> Dolly's room is near the, her bedroom's near the kitchen, and we have to get up so early for Daisy's school that I'm always telling Daisy, shh, shh, we have to be real quiet, be real quiet, because we don't want to wake Dolly up because that child needs her sleep. <laughs> so this morning, I was like, Daisy, shh, we got to be quiet. And then I dropped this very loud pan in the floor, and it reverberated all over the place. And in my head, I was like, oh, oh, and I just being really mean to myself in my head. And then I was like, wait a minute. I've just recently read something that says when ugly thoughts come to your head about yourself, immediately tell yourself the opposite. So immediately this morning, I was like, oh, I am smart. <laughs> I am a good mom. I was cooking my kid eggs. That's a good thing. You know, immediately tell yourself the positive instead of listening to that nasty little voice in your head. So this year, I'm working on that. I'm going to do that. better. I'll piggyback off of that with Kat Defada. She's on my podcast network. Her podcast is called Unique Therapy, and it's really good. Uh, but she has said something similar at times where, you know, we can have the lies in our head and we need to shut them down mm-hmm. with like, okay, that's, that's a lie. It's not true. But just as you're saying, she said, but instead of just ignoring it and saying it's a lie and not believing it, how about you just go ahead and repeat to yourself over and over what is true? Mm. What is true? If that's not true, yeah. what is true? And then start speaking the truths that you are a good mom. And you were, you know, that's basically the same thing. So I'm just affirming your your mental work that you're doing there. (laughs) I love that. I need that. Yes. Okay. So that's something mentally. What about physically? Physically. Uh, Well, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I used to be a runner many, many years ago. And then I started having shin splints really bad. So I had to stop. So I did other things in the meantime. But last year I started running again, like in, in April but I've quit now. <laughs> That's okay. My girls have gotten so busy. They're going all different directions. I feel like life, even though we're not on the road, little big town, and we're not able to do our regular you know, shows and tours, I feel like life has gotten so busy again. And so I've, I've, got, I've backed off of that. But I want to get back to running again. But I like to, I like to do the bar method. Mm-hmm. I know you know about bar. Yeah. And there's this workout online that you can do, whether you have five minutes or 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And I really, I try to squeeze in those, at least the five or 10 minute one every day if I can. And I don't make it every day. But, which is fine. Which is fine. That's fine. That is that's fine. What, if, any, if your brain tries to tell you otherwise, that's not true. That's what it. is true is you're awesome and you're strong <laughs> and you're, you're running. You're running. You're running around being a mom. Oh, girl, I am running yeah. all the time. And a yeah. uh, super successful businesswoman, all the things. <laughs> and then what about spiritually? Spiritually, I love to get up before everybody else does in my house. No matter if we have to, I have to get up super duper early these days, but I want to get up before everybody else does because I like to have about a half hour at least where I can, I'll, the first thing I do is I get up and turn on my coffee maker and grab my glasses because I can't see if I don't and, and sit down on my couch with my cup of coffee and I start talking to God. And I first, I always try to say what I'm thankful for. Some days if I sit on that couch and, and some things aren't going too well, I'll, I'll find myself immediately saying, 
here's what I need and help me here. But I, what I really try to do is sit down and, and name some things that I'm really grateful for, which you are so great at that. But well, no, I, oh, I'll have guests do it. And I, cause, and then I encourage other people to do it as a reminder for me to do it too. <laughs> so I think it starts us off. It starts us off in a good, it's like, okay, I'm going to restart. I'm going to press the restart. I'm going to start by going, I'm happy for this. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. And then from there, if I want to talk to God about something else, you know, I do, or I'll sit and read for a little bit and try to, I, I always want to make myself better. So I start my mornings really trying to focus on the good and finding the good in every where that I can. And I, I'm kind of addicted to that time. I love it. And when I don't have it, if I, you know, decide to, I'm going to sleep an extra 30 minutes, then I miss it. I miss, you know, those days, but I have a super strong faith too. And God has brought me through, you know, literal hell on earth. And he's brought me to the other side and his grace has been just so good to me. Yeah. Well, there you go. Mind, body, spirit, which I didn't mean to imply with the physical, the body that it needed to be like a workout. Just for clarification for anybody else listening, if you're trying to evaluate your own mind, body, spirit, is that yes, we can take care of our bodies in other ways, but that might be making some amazing cookie recipe and eating totally. it. That's like physically what your body needed. And yes. uh, which speaking of, Kimberly made me cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a funny story about these cookies, Kimberly. Tell you don't me. even know it yet. No. Okay. First of all, they look amazing. I have them right by me. I want to eat one right now, but I'll wait. So you sent me a text that said, hey, like I want to make you and your family cookies but I want to make sure there's no allergies. Mm -hmm. So I thought, and this will also give people some behind the scenes into like even the Bobby Bone show and how we do show prep and how it would be cool to talk about how Kimberly texted saying, I want to bake you cookies. So here's what happened. <laughs> I got the text and you know, it was, it was a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I might forget about this. So I email it to myself for show prep. And in the subject line, I put prep. Well, I have Shannon who helps me in life in general, mm -hmm. just keep all my ducks in a row mm -hmm. and have everything. So I CC Shannon, right? Yeah. But all I did was copy and paste your note that said, hey, I'm excited to see you tomorrow. I want to bake you cookies. Do you have any allergies? <laughs> so it's Sunday. I am going to see Shannon on Monday. She didn't see that the subject line said prep. Like she didn't, because what I wanted to do was make sure I sent that in as prep to the Bobby Bone Show for Bobby to bring up, oh, Kimberly, you made your cookies, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah, how yeah. sweet is she? Yeah. So then we can talk about you. Okay. So that's backstory <laughs> so nice. show prep talk. Okay. But that's why I sent it. Well, then I get a reply from Shannon. <laughs> she said, <laughs> oh my gosh, Amy, that is so sweet. She's <gasps> like, my family doesn't have any allergies <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> so she read it. I did not say it was a text from you because really it wasn't for her to worry about. I just didn't want her to let me, I, she could maybe remind me, yeah. oh yeah, don't forget to prep that Kimberly <laughs> wanted to make you cookies. So then I read the email and I'm thinking, oh no, oh, no. Shannon thinks that I'm making her cookies. <laughs> and she went into this whole thing about how she's typically dairy free. Oh, I'm sorry. And like, cause they have to be in her family. And that I guess, I don't know. I need to see if her sister's staying with her right now. Cause then she's like, but my sister, she's gluten free. Like it was this whole thing. And I thought, oh my gosh, like either I need to bake some cookies real quick. And or run to the puppy muffin. Yes. <laughs> but I decided to just own it. And I replied back right away. And I was like, okay, so this is awkward. Um, I wasn't going to bake you cookies at all. That's from Kimberly. So oh, that's, that's hilarious. 
It's a side note that about about that. But okay. well, thank you for <laughs> the cookies, and You're then thank you for sharing with us what wellness in a mind, body, spirit kind of way looks like for you. I think people like having the inside scoop on that, and then I think it's important too, especially still kind of the first of the year. But no matter what time of the year it is, like sit down and reflect. What are you doing for yourself? Yeah, maybe it's not going to look exactly like what Kimberly does or what I'm doing, but mind, body, spirit, the connection of that is so important. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like for you on the daily? Ask yourself that. And then maybe wake up, make some coffee and think about it. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Okay, so in the last thing we talked about, your awesome cookies that you made me, what kind are they? I haven't even had a bite well, yet. They're sugar cookies, but they have almond extract in them. And that's like your secret yeah, touch. That's my secret. Okay, yeah. I love that. Well, you have your Ogussy cookbook and yeah. you have your your line at Cracker Barrel and you do your cooking videos on yeah. Instagram, which I love. They're Thank so you. adorable and all the things. So share with us a go-to recipe that just puts a smile on your face or somebody else's face or, or is that warm hug, that comfort, oh. like if you want to make it. Um, and we can share it if you say it and it's out there, then okay. I can put it up at RadioAmy.com and people can go check it out. Yeah, it's definitely out there. It, it's going to have to be chicken and dumplings mm. because not just the dish itself, but growing up, my mama made chicken and dumplings. She still does. But I mean, they are out of this world. And not only is it just something to put in a bowl and eat, but it means something deeper to me. It, it It's a sign of love. Anytime anybody's got anything to celebrate or it's somebody's birthday or if, if we're coming home to Georgia from Nashville, mama will make a huge pot of chicken and dumplings. It's how she loves on people. If somebody, you know, in her church is sick or broke their leg or something, she's going to show up with a pot of chicken and dumplings because that's how she loves on people. And so I like to make that dish now, and I don't compare mine to hers. Mine's a little bit different because I could never make them as good as she does. But I love to make those for people because I feel like it's like a it's like a little hug um, when you know somebody needs just a little bit of an uplift. I like to make them chicken and dumplings, and I like to make them for my family too because because they love them. And well, we're gonna get the recipe and we'll put okay. it up. So I'll test it out. Awesome. <laughs> see, see how it goes with my family. It already sounds amazing. I think of my grandma when you say chicken and dumplings, or maybe even my great grandma. Yeah, she was the one that had a recipe that lived in Alabama. And I remember going to visit my grandma, and that's what we would have. And it it was a labor of it is. of love. So what got you into cooking. Clearly that's one of your, it's not an official love language, but I feel like food yeah. is, what think, is your love language by the way? Do you know? I don't know, except that I think it is cooking. I do yeah, like well, to the, have everything. you ever done the five love languages? Like I feel like a long, many, long time many ago, years ago and I don't remember. Okay. What's yours? Mine is words of affirmation. Oh, that means you want to hear words of affirmation. Yes. You want to hear people love you and you're good and wonderful. And, <laughs> right? Keep it, keep it coming. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, I know you're not complimenting you right now, but no, more, more but... not like compliments, but like like if you've recognized, like from, you know, my husband, it's helpful if I hear things from him, but for him, it's acts of service. So mm-hmm. if I make him coffee in the morning, that's huge for him. Yeah. You know, other people might be gifts, but for me, even at work, uh, if I do something that was appreciated or I did a good job at something, hearing that I did good fills me up to yeah. where I'm motivated to continue to yeah. do more. Like Bobby that. doesn't pass that stuff out like candy. Don't get me, <laughs> don't get it wrong. <laughs> but I also appreciate that because then I appreciate it even more. And I don't want yeah. someone just affirming me just because that's my love language, right. especially at work. Yeah. But probably at home, you need that though. So anyway, yeah. love language, food is a honorary mention of a love language, <laughs> but what got you into cooking and being so good at it and wanting to share it with others? Well, I grew up watching my mama and my grandmothers cook. They were incredible cooks and literally standing on a stool. And the first thing I ever remember helping my mama with was biscuits. She made biscuits almost every night for supper. And um, I'd get to hold the jug of milk and I'd get to add the milk in and she would say, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Whoa, 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 whoa. I remember, you know, she would stop me quickly but I had an innate desire for music and cooking 
I've always loved the two, and and I like to take care of people through food. And then, you know, I started cooking more and more, and over the years, I just found that it's a way to really love on people. And then I got an opportunity to do a cooking show, and that was so much fun. I loved it so much, and I want to do it again so bad. But then when the pandemic started, I thought, hey, I I think I'm just going to start making some cooking videos. So that's when you started putting them up on Instagram. Yeah, that's when I started putting them on Instagram, and people seemed to enjoy it. And and so I've just kept doing it. And I I love doing it because I love to cook. And I also have kind of a little problem with dishes and glassware and stuff. I love, 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 love dishes. So that's also really a big part of it for me. I also like to prep my stuff in pretty bowls and with pretty utensils, and then I like to serve it in pretty stuff. So that's all, you know, when it's all kind of the same thing for me. And that's probably why you came out with the line that was, or it was yeah. exciting. If someone approached you or you yes. had the idea yeah. to do a line with Cracker Barrel yeah. Yeah. and have that stuff there. My sister is a lot like you. It's very much into the presentation yeah. and the dishes and everything looking that way. The Thanksgiving before the pandemic, we hosted 23 people at our house wow. for Thanksgiving. And I thought, I'm not going to do dishes for 23 people. And mm-hmm. I ordered really pretty yeah. plasticware. Like yeah. it was... From far away, you might think it was real. Yeah. But it wasn't. It's disposable. (laughs) And it says white. And then I got even silverware that kind of looked real from far away, but it was plastic. Well, no. My sister, she... Was, came in town and she's like, no, 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 I can't. No, <laughs> no, she would not allow it. She was like, food tastes better when it's on oh really God. cute stuff, especially at Thanksgiving. I mean, if it was Friday night, pizza night, yeah, she yeah, wouldn't yeah, have made yeah. a big deal. Yeah. But I was like, okay, fine. If you want to take over this, fine, Martha Stewart, you go you right on ahead. You figure this out. And sure enough, she did. And I got to say, it did feel... Yeah special. There was something about it where I was like, okay, I'm glad that she stepped in and made this call. It's totally the opposite with me and my sister. Completely the opposite. I want to use the real stuff and my sister... Who cares, right? (laughs) Right. Just use the plastic. It's not that big of a deal. I know, but I'm like, oh, but it's so much prettier if you do it on the real plate. It's just like your sister. That's hilarious. It's interesting (laughs) how we're all just so different. Okay, so chicken and dumplings are like a warm hug from Kimberly. So we're going to put that recipe up at radioamy.com so that you can whip it up for yourself, which it's still soup season. Chicken and dumpling. Oh yeah. Still. It's still time. Cool enough out or cold places to where I think that even in the summer, I'd probably eat up some chicken and dumplings. No problem. I think it's a year round dish, which if you want to see some of Kimberly's cooking videos, she's at Ogussie on Instagram and yeah, she'll walk you through everything. Thing. And then like right away, it's like, thank y'all so much for joining me. You and I am Tabitha Brown. Do you follow her no. on Instagram? Oh, she's great. I want to. Oh, she has some little cooking videos that are, she's vegan. I think not that that matters, but I'm just heads up if you're yeah. curious about some of her recipes, but she's not an official, I think she's, a, was an actress possibly. Yeah. I found her on Instagram and she puts up fun cooking videos. Yeah. You and her, y'all always greet your Instagram videos with like the biggest smile and just make people feel so good right away. That's good. Well, you know, I don't know about hers. I'm going to look her up. But for me, it's just me. So if I make a mistake... It's just me. And I, I've made so many mistakes on these. And I can't start over because it's not like I buy two whole chickens. I buy one whole chicken. And I'm going to make chicken and dumplings. And I can't 
you know, if I mess up, I can't start over. Yeah. So I, I mess up a lot, but. Well, that's okay. Hey, okay. we have grace for that. We have and you grace. need to have grace for yourself. Thank you. Tell yourself what is true. You're an awesome cook. Thank you. You do a great job. Thank you. Tabitha Brown, she's, all of her videos start with, hey there. Oh. Hey there. I can't mimic her well, but you're going to like her. I'm she's her She's really inspiring and sweet and kind and awesome. Okay, so now we're to the gratitude. I want to hear four things you are thankful for, which Kimberly showed up in her four things love pullover, which I is love this shirt. the pink one that we put out for Valentine's Day a couple years ago and then loved it so much. We just kept it up so good. year round and it's just love, 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 love. But it's funny because I had had it on earlier and then decided to take off my jeans and put on leggings. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put on a different sweatshirt. <laughs> but when I opened the door, I thought how funny if I, we had, we were twins. That would have been funny. So uh, let's go through four things that you're thankful for. And I do gratitude with guests because I think it's a way for people to get to know each guest a little bit more um, on a different level, but then also as a reminder to mm-hmm. just practice gratitude for yourself. I have to tell you, it's because of you that now my Daisy and I, before we go to bed, we write down four things we're grateful for. I'm really grateful to you for giving me that idea. And so, yeah, we do it together now. And I mean, we don't do it together, but we each do it. You know, we've made that commitment together. I love that. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So this was really hard as I thought of narrowing it down to four things, but I'm really grateful for hugs. I love physical touch. And we talked about this a little bit before. I love that I can reach out and hug and show affection to the well, people. That might, that's your love language, probably. Physical touch. Oh, that's one I of them. so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Problem solved. Okay. Thank you don't you. even have to take well, the quiz. read the book. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay, good. Done. And with the pandemic, I mean, we, we don't get to, when I walked here to, in the door here today, I couldn't hug you because of the pandemic. And I, I really miss hugging the people that I want to love on. But also, I feel like we need the touch. Like, when I did lose my first husband, I found out that skin to skin, when we touch skin to skin, it gives us a chemical in our brain called oxytocin, which is a feel-good chemical, and we need that. And when I did lose my husband, um, my counselor told me, get massages. And this is a tip for anyone out there who has lost a loved one. Get a massage because you need that skin to skin contact because it releases oxytocin in your brain. So hugs, I think we need. We, I just, I just, I want to get it back where we can hold each other's hand and hug on each other because I think it's so important. So you're grateful for hugs. Grateful for hugs. Second thing, number two, I'm grateful for health, which is kind of a a common answer, I'm sure, especially because the pandemic has brought us, we've become so aware and grateful for health that we have. For me also, it's, I'm watching my parents get older. um, And I know that you've lost your mom. I'm so sorry. And that your dad's had challenges with his health. And I'm so very sorry. My parents are older and they also have some challenges now. My mother has Parkinson's. And growing up, I thought Parkinson's just meant, you know, your hand shakes or your leg shakes. But there's so much more to that wretched disease than just tremors. And I watch her daily with the challenges that she has. And her whole life has always been so independent and she run, has run everywhere and done anything she wanted and she's always been on the go, like me, like I am now. But now she can't do that. She's much more slow. She has to be slow with her movements and with her steps because of her Parkinson's. And so that, watching her, it makes me super 
thankful for what the health that I have, I still have in my body. But it also makes me thankful for the health that she still has because I still have her and her challenges are becoming greater. But I'm, I am still grateful for the health that she does have. So health in a, in a big, broad term, you know, just not for myself, but for the people that I love. That's an important one that we definitely take for granted. Yeah. Third thing is family. I've already talked about my parents a little bit and how amazing they were, but they made a huge effort to keep us together and to bring us together. And now my sister has her own family. My brother has his own family, but we always, we want to, we make an effort to be together and we make an effort to make memories. And that's something we literally talk about. We're like, let's get together and make some memories because I think that kind of carries us through our lives and then our children get a chance to make memories together. And those things are just precious, precious. And also, like we said before, I can't say the word family and not say Little Big Town because they are now also my family um, because we've just lived so much life together and, and we hold each other up like family members and we do anything for each other like family members do. And so family. Uh, well, I'm thankful for you sharing all of that mm-hmm. with us, everything that we went over today. And I too am thankful for Little Big Town. Thank you. Because the music is a hug for people. Yeah. Music is such a, probably a release for you as the artist getting it out there, but then can be an emotional release for us, the receivers that are in our car yeah. listening to it and having your music touch us in all kinds of ways, whether it's making us want to smile and dance or making us want to really reflect and and get out whatever that emotion is, joy or pain. Yeah. It's crazy how powerful music is. It's so powerful. My sister is a music therapist and I've watched her work and it is phenomenal how healing it is. I've watched her work with um, autistic children who won't verbalize except with her because she's doing the music therapy with them. It's it's magical. Music is magical and it is a great healer. And it helps us express anything and everything. Like you just said, grief to the best of celebrations. It covers it all. When words don't necessarily work, you know, music does. And boy, do I miss it. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I'm sure y'all are ready to get out there. so and, ready. Well, once we are out there, I'm sure all of your fans are still, Little Big Town fans are loyal and waiting and just as ready for you guys to get back out there and get on the road, too. I can't even imagine, yeah, it's crazy. how this has sidelined what y'all do. It's, yeah. Um, it's stopped our, yeah, we, 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 we haven't toured since last March. and But we are making new music, so that's oh, good. good. Yeah, we're, we're writing and, and making Well, when music. can we expect that? Do you, or y'all can't say yet. Oh, I don't, I don't really know yet. <laughs> we're working it's on fine. it. We're just working <laughs> soon, on new music, Sooner though. than later. Soon. Well, thank you, Kimberly, for taking oh, the time. Yes. I know that all my listeners are going to love this conversation. I haven't even put it out there yet, but if you're listening to it now, that means it's out there. And I'm oh. already predicting that you listen to this whole thing. You're like, I just love Kimberly. <laughs> okay, well... That is a wrap on today's episode. Again, RadioAmy.com if you want Kimberly's recipe and at Ogussie on Instagram and at Little Big Town for the music account. Who runs that? Do y'all say? Yeah, we do. We do. Y'all all do? um, Yeah, we we do. Karen does a lot of it and we have social media people at our management office, but Karen does a a lot of it too. Yeah, I am. We all chime in. Yeah, because sometimes I'll tag that and then I'm, I guess you get what, there's a team of four, you always wonder like who, I wonder who is that or is it somebody else that we don't even know? Okay. All right. Thanks, Kimberly. And precious Amy. See you next time. 
you don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. And for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of the Samba, the Rumba, and the Cha-Cha. 24 partners, six finals, and two Mirabal trophies. She knows all the secrets, the behind the scenes arguments, and the affairs, the flings, the flirting, and the fighting. Listen to Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.